everybody knew everybody was getting drunk on New Year's because everybody had their drugs or their wine or whatever they had to get high with. Hi, I'm Larry Lawton, America's biggest jewel dealer. Join me as I walk you through my past robberies, how I planned them, executed them, and ultimately got caught. I'm gonna show you how we did things in prison, like making a tattoo gun, making wine, making white lightning. It's gonna be very educational. These are the untold stories. Hey everybody, Larry Lawton here for another edition of Untold Stories. And this one's gonna be about holidays in prison. And this is gonna be a great prison story, everybody. Uh, it, it, you know, before I get started on this whole thing, I want you to make sure you check out our member programs. We have all levels on Patreon. Check it out on YouTube as well. Make sure you check out our merch and always the questions and a lot of fun stuff we put in the comments below. Now, let me get into this. And you know what got me thinking is right now, we just went through Father's Day. Ah, I'm a father and a grandfather. And we also have July 4th coming up. So what really made me want to talk about this today is how sucky prison is with holidays. You know, uh, obviously, you know, you're not supposed to be taking care and I get it. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, let's, you know, they can't be treated and coddled. And trust me when I tell you, prison is not about coddling anybody. Nobody gets coddled in prison. Prison isn't a fun place. Those stories you hear, oh, he went to a country club in the Fed. You have no idea what they're talking about. First of all, the federal system is the worst system in the world. You know, I get get it when people say, oh, the state's worse than the feds. That's not true. Uh, I've been in both. And the feds don't care who you are, how much money you have, or who your family or connection is. In the states, they do. And, you know, in the feds, they will transfer you on a plane all over the country. I've been on Con Air 16 times, something like that. So you can't tell me what they're going to do or not do in in uh, uh, prison about holidays. You know, oh, they, they got a great holiday. Oh, it's a holiday. You know, it was funny because, you know, sometimes there were holidays I forgot. I didn't even know. You know, it was amazing. Uh I was in for, I think, 12 New Year's. 12 New Year's. And I'm telling you what, man. If you want to talk about really having a rough time, uh, y, Y2K, all that kind of stuff, supposedly the end of the world, all that kind of stuff. And not only that, I don't know who you are watching this, but when you think about somebody in prison on the next holiday, I want you to think about what they're doing in prison. When I first went in in 96... In 97 actually it was a little different they actually started even doing away with anything normal to do with a person to try to give a person a little bit sense of normalcy and they wonder why people get so screwed up when they leave prison they talk about a person in prison and about being institutionalized and I'm telling you you know you get institutionalized in probably six months to a year uh, people get institutionalized you're on such a routine and I don't care how much you think you want to fight it because I did oh I'm gonna fight it I'm gonna uh, I'm not gonna be institutionalized I, I used to read the newspaper I used to get the the USA Today my dad used to give me that as a, a birthday gift every year he used to give me a subscription to the USA Today and, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world and I used to think, oh, I'm not interested. I'm reading what's going on in the world. I, we do get to watch some TV and a news channel or something like that. 
I was so blown out when I got out of prison. I was so institutionalized. I couldn't even order sandwiches, you all know. Well, let me tell you about holidays, what they do at holidays. When you're in prison and a holiday comes along, you you think, oh, okay, here's July 4th coming. I remember when I first came in, they used to give you, it used to be a hamburger day. In prison, it's such a routine that Wednesday was hamburger day, Friday was chicken day, uh, different slops the other three days. And when I say chicken and hamburger, and you think you're doing good, when I was in Atlanta, I quit eating meat because I chipped a tooth on the bone in the meat, which means it's the worst kind of meat you can get. It's scraped from the, it was just so bad. I literally quit eating meat. Also seeing that the meat came from Desert Storm in 92. And this was in 1997. So that meat was five years old. And they gave it to the prisons because the, they couldn't feed it to anybody. Couldn't even give it to Afghans. Couldn't give it to anybody. Desert Storm, Iraq, couldn't do anything. That's how bad the stuff was. But what did they do? Let's give it to the inmates. You know, they don't need anything. And we actually thought we were doing good. It was it, it blew you away. Oh my God, we got a hamburger day, and a guy would guys would steal the hamburgers and bring them back, and you know, sell them for fifty cents, two two stamps. Sometimes if your cheeseburger was three stamps, four stamps was like you know the works on the whole hamburger. Four stamps was a dollar. And it, it, it blows me away to think about how we live during holidays. Forget Father's Day. It's a forgotten holiday. They didn't even, you didn't even mention it, didn't even know it. Your Mother's Day, you forgot, you didn't know it. Forget Valentine's Day, obviously. You're given, not giving anybody a Valentine's Day card in prison. Uh, that, could, that could really be bad. Uh, and I don't care what you are. You know, you know how I am as a person. I don't, I don't judge anybody in life at all. Uh, but listen, it's just a joke in there. There's nothing. There's only a few holidays. Like they had a Christmas holiday. And then they had, of course, the one that got me thinking today is they had July 4th. So July 4th is summertime. And if you're on the East Coast uh, or West Coast or any time, it's the summertime in the United States. And they used to, at one time, they used to bring in a softball team. I literally played softball against the king in the court. If anybody hasn't heard of the king in the court and the queen in the court, there are four guys that would go around the world and they could beat any softball team in the world. They're that good. They had a guy, uh, Fast Eddie Felson. That's I'll never forget. What a memory. Uh, I think it's Felson or Fellman or something. It begins with an F. Fast Eddie. I think it's Fast Eddie. I met him. He was in his 70s, late 70s at the time. Could still throw a ball 100 miles an hour. I'm not kidding. 100 miles an hour. And it was amazing because how they set the softball up is he, they'd have a pitcher and a catcher, a first baseman, and a fielder. Those four guys would blow you up. They make you look stupid. And it was a lot of fun. I remember going to the yard in Atlanta. And they brought them into the penitentiary. And I played on this prison softball team. And, you know, and we did stuff like that. And I'll tell you what. Was it unbelievably fun to get something like that done. So in that regard, they did that. Then they stopped that. Uh, they used to give us... It was the big deal because they would give you watermelon. 
That was the big deal. You got watermelon. They did away with that. They don't give you anything. They don't want you to be like a regular human being in prison. It's sad. It's really sad how the United States handles its incarcerated. You know, this is a true statement. A country is judged on how it handles its infirmed, which is sick, its elderly, which we know elderly, my mom's age, elderly population, and incarcerated. I remember, and I'll never forget, uh, holidays when I'd sit in my bed and cry, and uh, you know, you, you fight on the phone to make a phone call. Literally have to fight. I watched a man get killed, get killed on a holiday. He was waiting online. At the time, they didn't have it. Like now they have it where if you make a 15 minute phone call, you can't make another call for an hour. Well, I was in Atlanta and you wait online in the morning because there's only one phone or two phones. We had one phone on one side of the unit, another phone on the other side of the unit. And you wait online. You get up early and you get out there, you skip breakfast and you wait online to make a phone call to your loved ones. Well, at this time, back in 97, they didn't have where the phone system could, uh, it would shut you down. So you get online, a guy gets up there and he gets on the phone. And he, start, and he calls his, whoever he calls. He hangs the phone up and he picks it up to make another call. Somebody online said, hey, what are you doing? We're all waiting. Guy said, F you. The guy ends up going, leaving the line, because I was online. Leaves the line, comes back with a knife, a shank, and he, and he starts stabbing this guy. This guy was on phone with his family. Now, was he wrong? You know, I remember talking about that incident to our buddies. You know, they locked the prison down. Now none of us got to make phone calls. The prison got locked down for the day, and now nobody gets to make a phone call. Now your family don't know where you are. They don't know what. They're stressed out. You know, what's happening to my son? Here it is. And this was a Christmas. And it, it really, it blew me away because here's a guy who died right in front of, I don't, know if he, I don't know if he died, to be honest. I don't remember if he died or not. I remember him getting stabbed and it was blood all over the place. And, the, you know, the cops come running, the guards, cops, you all know that by now. And they all come running and, and they're screaming, lockdown, lockdown. You run to your cell, but you're looking out your cell door and you're watching it because I was on the second tier of A1 in Atlanta. And when you came in the unit, my cell was above the on the second tier of the first unit. And my my cell could look right out. That's how I I could watch everybody coming in and out of the unit. And I'm standing there at the door, and the phone was right near the stairs, going up in the middle. There was a, a stair thing, cage stair thing, going up to the second unit to the third unit. Well, then you walk through a passageway, and there's another whole unit in the back, and there's one phone back there. And there was one phone in the front unit. So guys in the front unit use their phone. Guys in the back unit use their phone. If there's nobody on the phone, you can use any phone you want. Nobody cared. But when there's it's a busy time, you have to wait online and make your phone call. And that guy got stabbed and he was laying there in a pool of blood. And he, he was stabbing him. He was stabbing him. He's stabbing him. He's stabbing him. As the guards are screaming and come running. Because the you know, you have we had two guards on the unit, one guard in the front, one guard in the back. And the guard was at a stand, and he did he did it right in front of the guard. The guy didn't care. The guy just was fed up, and 
you know, he snapped and he ended up, uh, he had a life sentence. I remember that because everybody was talking about, what does he care? He went to the hall. They're going to transfer him to another prison or whatever. He didn't like the prison. He's going to get transferred. What are they going to do to him? What are they going to really do to him? He's got life already. You're going to waste the money and all that kind of stuff. He's never getting out. In the Federal Bureau of Prisons, the United States Federal, when you get life, they call that letters. You getting letters means you're never, ever getting out. Never getting out. It's letters. You, the only way you're going to get out is dying. That's it. There's no parole, no hearings. Zip. That's the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So when they say life, there isn't, you're done. So anyway, he gets killed right there. And I, you want to talk about the stress you have on a holiday because you know you want to make a phone call, you want to talk. At the time this happened in 1997, my daughter, who was born in 1995, she was born on August 29th, 1995, my daughter. And uh, 1995, and this was in December 31st, December 25th, right around the end of December of 1997. So she was two years old. And I wanted to call because she hit a guy guy with stuff, and I wanted to call my ex wife and uh, good people, and I never got to call her. And I, I remember crying. I remember crying during the holidays and missing all those with my daughter, my daughter's birthday. Uh, any holiday, you know, you think you could call. You, it's so crazy because you start not only forgetting them, you start uh, becoming numb. You know, you become numb. You know, it was fun. You know, the one holiday was kind of fun. It was crazy. It was New Year's. Everybody knew everybody was getting drunk on New Year's because everybody had their drugs or their wine or whatever they had to get high with. And people got acid in and I told you I did my share acid in Atlanta with the loved it to be honest and it got me away from the prison if you want to call it that but uh, everybody's going to get drunk because the wine is kicking off and then we're making the white lightning out of that as well and sure enough that's what we did and I'll tell you what I'll never forget you want to talk never forget I'll never forget calling home and hearing my kid's voice, my son my son or daughter's voice. And let me tell you something, man. You know, I'm a man with a heart, a big heart. And if you don't think I went back to myself and cried like a man, I, I, man, I'm getting emotional now thinking of this. Because, uh, I can't even talk. I really hate it because thinking back all the, the holidays and stuff that I missed with my daughter and my son and my mom and dad and everybody that was dear to me, uh, makes me want to say to tell people, man, you got to be an idiot. I mean, holidays in prison suck. They're the worst. Don't ever anybody ever think, oh, prison is a joke. You know that's why it gets me mad when when people start saying, oh, you got to make it like a country club. Do you know what hurt me the worst in prison? Is missing my family. That's what prison is about. Taking your liberty away not hurting you, not putting undue stresses or undue uh, punishment on you. The prison system is not supposed to punish you. It's supposed to hold you. It's supposed to do w w what it's supposed to do. It takes your soul away. And that's the problem I have with the United States prison system because they don't think about rehabilitation at all. They don't think about connecting and keeping families connected. They pull them apart. The United States prison system pulls people apart. 
it doesn't keep families together and without your family together when you get out you ain't got a shot sad to say I had a very strong family system I had a very strong friend system I had people who loved me and that's why I was able to survive why I did I don't care about being strong and tough and all that crap was I yeah you know, uh, but that's not what survived me in prison. Here, my heart and knowing I had people out there that loved me, respected me. They knew I did wrong. None of them supported what I did, but they knew I wasn't a bad person. We have a lot of good people in prison. And trust me, I say it on this channel, all over radio and TV, all the time. Listen, there's people in prison you never want to see out. I never want them living next to me. I never want them living next to you. I never want them living next to anyone because they're going to kill them. They're going to murder them. They're going to do something crazy. But you know what? There's a lot of good people in prison. There's a lot of people who made mistakes and bad choices and got caught up in life for whatever reason. Let's help them. Let's become human again. Let's do what we need to do to help people instead of just putting our foot on their neck. And if that an apropos statement right now, what happened with law enforcement in, in Minnesota. And you know what? It's happening every day in the prison system. What really sickens me is right now, right today, at this minute, somebody's being abused in prison. But they don't have the voice. They don't have that voice. I want to be that voice, and I'm going to be that voice. But there are people being abused right now in prison. And, you know, anybody who comes here and wants to defend the prison system to me, especially private prisons, come on, guys, let's get real. How are we actually paying a company to abuse people? You know, I get prisons. They're needed. That's part of what we are. There are bad people. They need incarceration. I needed incarceration. I did wrong. And I'm not proud of that. But I am proud of what I do now. It really does hurt me to think about holidays in prison because that's what this was about, holidays in prison. And seeing deaths like I did on that Christmas day will never leave me, ever leave me. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't want people to have to deal with. And that's the kind of stuff that, that is dealt with. Listen, and I don't care what prison you are. Yes, I was in Atlanta. At the time, it was the worst prison in the country. Forget Atlanta. I don't care if you're in a low-security camp. It sucks. I don't care if you're in a low, medium, high, or even super max. Whatever prison you're in, it sucks. There isn't a positive thing about prison. And when you throw the holidays in there, the depression, the stabbings, everything goes up. You don't think they know that? You don't think the guards that got to work on those shifts are pissed off and they're not home with their family and you think they're going to treat you any better? That's the problem. We it's, it's a system that's built on being broke. If we had positive interaction with family, if we had holidays that meant something, and I'm not asking you to give me the, the moon, but how about give you a decent meal? How about we could look forward to a decent meal on a holiday? That might make me think about holidays. It's sad because in prison I used to want to forget holidays. 
You really had no holidays except Christmas, New Year. Try to get drunk if you could. You had Christmas. You know, it was funny because they used to give you a Christmas bag. When I first went into prison, they gave you a big bag. It was donated by the Christians or, or churches in the area. It was really good. And it had maybe a, a cup and bowl and potato chips and ramen noodle soups. A bunch of stuff from the com. It was really cool. Do you know they did away with them? By the time I got out in 2007, they didn't have them anymore. They weren't even giving those bags out. Too much work, too much hassle. They didn't want to have to have a guard go through the stuff. That is sad to me, and, and that's part of the problem. We have dehumanized people in prison to the point where we don't even want to give them a, a ramu noodle soup on a holiday. Think of that. Think of what I just said and then go tonight on the next holiday. When you're thinking about holiday, when you're out on July 4th or you're at a family function for Father's Day, think about what they're doing to people in the joint. You know, come July 4th, when they had the, the basketball, uh, the, the softball game come in or a team come in, they don't do that anymore. Too much of a hassle. The feds don't do that anymore. And you want to talk to me about the federal system, how good it is? Or, oh, oh, the feds are great? The feds suck. Prison system's the worst. And it needs to be changed. We need compassionate leaders who, who are not going to be, you know, oh, we're soft on crime. You're not soft on crime. Trust me, you're not. You know, with that said, I'm going to close up, guys. Uh, I just was thinking about all the stuff going on and I was thinking about George Floyd not having a holiday too and, and the sad things that are going on around our country and you know holidays are times when we should be joyous but I know there's going to be what 2.2 million people incarcerated 2.3 million people who are going to have the worst holiday of their life and that's coming July 4th so think about that when you want to help and please join Larry Lawton's action crew please do that because we're going to start a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm working on a whole other stuff. I'm actually working on a non-profit. I'm going to try to get a non-profit to really do things and, and see if we can't get federal money to try to help some of these people in prisons and maybe bring something back. But we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff. Please join the crew. Please stay safe. Remember, we're still in the coronavirus or whatever it is. The people around you, protect them. Uh, remember, listen, protest. Uh, I think it's great. But also, besides protest, make sure you do it peacefully. I'm not all for violence like that. That doesn't get us anywhere. It just makes it make, makes people look stupid. It makes us look like animals. And we're not. But civil protest is right. And we need to do that. So I'm proud of everybody out there. Whatever you did out there, stay strong. I keep, keep sending the mail. Keep sending the stuff. I really, believe me, I read it. And I read a lot of it. And you know I answer a lot of it. Stay safe, everybody. God bless. And, you know, listen, be who you are. Think about others. And understand there's another whole culture out there. And we're here to open that eye. Holidays in prisons. Check it all out, everybody. If you have any comments, make sure you keep them coming. You know I love and respect you. This is my YouTube family. Have a great day, everybody.